All human thought is science. All religion is the holding of a candle to the highest power Are we here because we gaze at the stars? Or do we gaze at the cosmos? When the stars were right, they could plunge the world to world to the sky. When the stars were wrong, they could not live. But although they no longer lived, they would never really die. When the universe is vast and inexplicable, and you are weak and insignificant, then you know you are playing Call of Cthulhu. This is an actual play of Call of Cthulhu 7th edition, featuring adult themes and horror. Listener discretion is advised. Find our published scenarios at starsarewrite.com or contact us for help unleashing your own twisted tales upon an unsuspecting world. And now, settle in, dear listener. Intrigue, high adventure, and cosmic horror await when the stars are right. Hello and welcome back, listeners. Today, we will be playing session 42 of The Children of Fear, written by Lynn Hardy and Friends and published by Chaosium. Who are you playing and how are you today? How? I'm playing Dr. Eudora Lockhart and my hands are trembling in real life. Brayden. Hey, I'm Brayden and I am caught up in this ritual. I've forgotten what to say. Uh, I'm scared. Noxicals. I am playing Timor Stepanovich Rapin, and uh, I can't believe it's almost over. Lydia? I'm playing Hasina Moes, and let's get chopping. And I am Fedra, your keeper for the day, and it's the end of the world as we know it. Brayden, tell us what happened last time. The party spend the evening pondering the difficult decision that they have yet to make, and convene in the main hall when the morning rises. As the room fills with refugees and pilgrims alike, the investigators attempt to make their final decision as to who will meet an untimely fate in the ritual ahead, and ultimately be the catalyst for saving the entire world. Timur, Asina, and Dinesh all offer reasons as to why they'd be the best candidate, while trying to dissuade the others from taking up the role. The decision, a difficult one, isn't reached before they're approached by a smiling elderly woman who appears to have been eavesdropping upon our heroes. The woman, with tears in her eyes, asks our investigators to accompany her to her private quarters to continue their discussion. While in her room, the woman discusses the great burden they have on their shoulders. She begins making tea for everyone and serves hot cups to everyone in the room. Having been betrayed many a time before, Eudora inspects the tea before anyone can take a sip, and notices that it's slightly more milky in appearance than usual. The tea has been poisoned again. The party hastily leave the room, and report the woman to the abbot in charge of the monastery, hoping that his swift judgement will come and many more innocent people will be saved. Without any more time to waste, our heroes take to the lake by boat, sailing towards the site of their final ritual, and the end one of them. Are you ready for this? It was a rhetorical question you don't need to answer. You have to be ready. <laughs> I'm not sure we have an answer. <laughs> Eudora turns to Don Quixote and is Who like, is not there. are you ready? 
Wait, what? Where did we? You never mentioned this. Bring him. So show me his. Uh... Who's, who's rowing this boat if the donkey is? Yeah, Eudora turns around and he's drowning Donkey's in the water behind us. Swimming alongside. Don Quixote is out front. The boat is tethered to him. <laughs> I, I imagine him in the in the shore on the other side, just waving a handkerchief at you. Yes, hanky in the mouth and just waving. And I believe we talked about a hat for Don Quixote at one point. You never got a hat. I'm sorry. Oh, what? yeah, we're going to kill Hat Guy and take his hat. Yeah. yeah, big Panama hat. Yeah. So, you're in a boat. You find yourselves once again for some of you on a lake shore beneath necrotic purple skies roiling with sickly green lightning. The water all around you is violent and you can see the lake is full of waves, almost as if it's trying to prevent you from reaching that island. However, as if, it's almost as if the area around you is somehow protected and the waters directly under the boat are calm and easy to navigate, almost as if there's something on you that is protecting you along the way. The power of friendship. <laughs> that is it. That's what it was all along. It's Dinesh's stench is uh, scaring away the wave. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The island itself is a dome-shaped, rocky little island dotted with fair and juniper trees, meaning that you can harvest the branches you need to build your ritual fires on site. At the highest point of the island is a flat area, ideal for preparing the ritual space. You know that the first thing you need to do is check the east, make sure that everything you inscribe in the ground is facing in the correct direction for the ritual to take place. I can have a navigate, survival, or natural world roll for this. Uh, Dinesh rolled an 06. Uh, it was a natural world. Yeah. You instinctively know where the east is and you solemnly point in that direction for everyone else. And now is the time to start the ritual proper, following the instructions you have managed to trans find and translate in your journey so far. Can we get a dramatic freeze frame of everyone staring proudly and majestically towards the east, like green lightning in the background? Hero pose. Timor pulling the boat up onto the, uh, onto the bank. We're carrying the boat over our heads, Jack Sparrow style. <laughs> and the donkey is on top of the boat. The donkey is not with you. <laughs> Come on. I still think the donkey should have been swimming alongside with little, little water wings, little orange ones on all four yeah. legs. We got Don Quixote a hat. We could have got him water you wings. We did get him a hat. We did get him a hat. We had to check he wasn't a Pisacha. We, we did talk about this hat. <laughs> Okay. We wanted to kill Hat Guy, the cultist, and take his hat and put and it on Don Quixote. Therefore, Don Quixote has no hat. Oh, and now that we're finished with this difficult decision, <laughs> let's get on with the ritual. You will have a hat one day. That's what's going to keep me going after this ritual, assuming I survive. <laughs> if I'm living, I'm doing it for Don Quixote's hat. Okay. So I imagine that he probably will be the one pulling the boat up onto the to the bank of the island. 
or the beach or the sort of rocky shoreline, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and Timor will pull out the, um, the sort of folded, probably quite threadbare translation of the ritual at this point. And um, wasn't that like scrawled on a napkin by someone we harangued yeah. at the archaeological dig as well? It wasn't a napkin. <laughs> she had paper. Okay, good. <laughs> It was the academic we didn't get on with very well, um, so it's it's not necessarily the greatest, um, you know, greatest writing or whatever. But it was a very good translation, I remember. So I imagine uh, Timur will pull that out and, uh, I guess, read the first bit and set us to it. Mm-hmm. It says that uh, first the ground must be cleansed and purified with smoke and fire to remove all obstruction both material and spiritual. It should be remembered that the scent of fir and juniper is most pleasing to the gods. As this is a wrathful work to dismiss powerful dark magics, let there be three fires arranged as a triangle. There is fir and juniper here on the island. We gather enough to do this, yes? Yes. Yes, I remember this bit from from last time. It's all horribly familiar, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. Hmm. You all collaborate, set the fires. The smoke purifies and cleanses the area. Uh, you also take some time to dissolve the rilbus, the cow nectars, and the chang, the balibir, um, in clay bowls in preparation for use in a later step. Okay. If we are happy that the ground is clear, I believe the next part is Dinesh. It says, Second, once the land is ready, the keel core must be inscribed within the consecrated space with the immutable thunderbolt. I believe that is the Kadvanga, ensuring the enlightenment of those who step within its bounds. I will say Eudora's eyes uh, would have gone wide for a moment when you said, I believe the next part is Dinesh. <laughs> like, whoa, okay, you're already, you're going to just kill him like that? We haven't even decided. <laughs> and then she looks and sees that he's uh, holding the cat bang and she's like, oh, okay, right, yes. I'm not sure if you discussed in character who is doing which step, but I like the idea of Timor just delegating. <laughs> <laughs> Put him to work. <laughs> Uh, so that is uh, uh, either a relevant art and craft role or a dexterity role. And are you using the instructions from Timor so that you can look at the drawing while you make it? Yeah. Yeah, he'll kind of uh, crawl towards him, <laughs> head face towards the ground and just kind of put his hand up above him, uh, requesting the cat vanga. All of this kind of thing is past. Lift up your head. And he slowly will. May I use the instructions? You may. Take care, we need the rest of them. Aww. And he'll nod. So that's a dexterity with a bonus die. That is a 60, so... Alright. A success. It's a difficult process and it probably takes some time you try to pay attention to it to make sure you get everything right. But you do finish and you are satisfied enough with the result. Is it actively raining, Keeper? No. So the storm's like off in the distance kind of thing? 
Uh, there's lightning in the distance, and the skies are purple above you. There's no water down, but it's like kind of the general threat of yeah. storm rather than actually raining. Okay. Do we still have a sort of eye of the storm effect following us around? And have we put two and two together that has to do maybe with some of the artifacts that we're carrying? Are they, are they glowing or warm to the touch or anything? Or do we just feel very special that the lake didn't want to drown us? Um, it's up, it's up to you whether you feel like your character would have realized that or not. I don't think they're doing anything. I remember a vision I had. It was a false vision, we know that now, but now I think there is some truth to it. I remember seeing a storm like this one, and it cleared. The storm will clear, my friends. Sooner or later, we are going to have to have this discussion. I do not wish to, but we must. I am... Um... I couldn't sleep for thinking about it. We just, we've, we've come all this way together and I don't, <laughs> I, um, I just, I, I can't bear the thought that one of us isn't going to leave this island. <laughs> we do not know that any of us are going to leave this island. <laughs> it has to be done, Eudora. Mm. You know this. Yes, I know. I know. I, um... I have been giving some thought to some of the things that people said. And, um... I think Hasina is right. I think the reason I was offering myself up is because I am afraid to return to Peking. I am afraid to tell the truth to my family. Oh, Timor. I am afraid that I cannot be... I'm afraid I cannot be a true husband and father. It would be easier for me to die on this island than to tell them the truth, to try and explain to them what I have seen and what I have lost and the things that I have done, both before and since we started this journey. Timur, you are the bravest man I have ever known. And I know you have the strength to do what must be done, both now and when you return home. If I have any regrets, it is that I'm sorry I could not meet Manya. But with you to guide her, she will grow as brave and strong as Shenshu would have done, and as brave and strong as you are. If I can get this right, she will be a better person than me. You are better than you know. I am so sorry, but I... I do not think that I can... I do not think that I can give myself to this... If there is no other option, I will, but... Um, I want to go home. Eudora is uh, just openly weeping, um, and she flings her arms around Timur, as, as high up towards Timur's neck as she can manage. Um, <laughs> you must, you must, 
You simply, you have to go home and be the father that we know you can be. Manya needs you, and I'm the one who doesn't... I I mean, Charles and I... I love him dearly, but you know, we've we've no children ourselves, and, and I've, I've lived quite a long life. You, you must. You have to go home. You, you both must. Hasina, you've, you've such a life ahead of you. No, Eudora. But I, I do, I think, I think I've been, I've been selfish. I, I do want to see Charles again, but I... You have a happy life to go home to, Eudora. Do this, please, for me. Go home, be happy. Live your life fully. You have so much light and so much fire in you. And I think you more than anyone else have lit the way for all of us through everything. I know every one of us will remember that. And I know you will keep passing that light on. Well, that that breaks her, I think. She's just incoherent at this point, so she's gonna... She's going to try and pull you both in for, I'm afraid, what is going to be a very damp hug. (laughs) As they're uh, embracing each other, Dinesh kind of gets an idea of what may be happening here, and he'll just look up at the sky, seeing the roiling lightning, and take a few paces away and just kneel down and kind of ready himself for what he thinks may be his last moments. And Hasina will see him walking away and she will extricate herself from the hug and go over to Dinesh and kneel down beside him and say, Dinesh, there is something I need to ask of you. Yes. I need you to go home and tell my brothers and sisters what happened here. I need you to help them cast off Sisirama. Tell Kumari Ma and Chowdhury so that the temple will record all that has happened in our journeys, so that your people and mine never fall prey to the deception of the charnel god again. Will you do that for me, my brother? Sister. You have so much to live for. I will live again. I believe that, truly. Or perhaps this will be my last incarnation and I will find peace. Either way, this is not the end, Dinesh. He'll bring her in for a hug. And she will hold him very close for a very long moment. He'll uh, hold back the tears, and you may hear him. Uh, he'll he'll wipe a few away, and then uh, lift her up, and have the two of them standing again. And with a arm around her, he'll slowly bring her back over to her friends. And I have one last thing to ask of all of you: if you journey back through Tegar. Tell the man who killed me that I have seen what awaits him beyond the gate. Tell him that hell is coming for him. 
resolute nods through the tears. Yeah. Mm. Right. I believe that the next step is to drink of the five nectars. Is everybody ready? Yes. I am. You take your positions outside the ritual triangle, also known as the Shisa, and you drink the five nectars of the sacred cow. Everyone roll me a constitution roll. Okay. Oh boy. Here we go. I have failed. Ooh. I have passed. A hard pass. I got an extreme. Wow. Eudora's hands are shaking the whole time and you can hear the bowl rattling against her teeth, but she does pass. Okay, so... You know what is in that well, don't remind concoction. Us. And that's why it's so hard to drink it. Most of you manage to gag it down, despite knowing what it contains. However, you, Timor, struggle and find yourself gagging on it and spitting it out. You fear that you haven't consumed as much as you'd like, but there is no time to prepare more. Mm. I missed by 17. Ooh, that's quite a lot of luck. It's a, well, mm. I've only got 25. God. But then I suppose, what else am I going to use it for? Well, potentially. <laughs> well, you're casting a spell later, probably, so. Yeah. Quite a lot. Well, that's true. That final group luck roll that this whole campaign has been building to, where we just have to roll to see whether we beat the King of Fear. <laughs> you totally miss Hasina's neck. <laughs> and the machete just flies off into the water somewhere. Oh my god. I give her a fashionable bowl cut. Hitting Don Goethe. <laughs> no. <laughs> Who'd been trying to swim across to us to help? He finally oh, relaxes and gets hit with a flung machete. I could try and push it. I've got, but I've I've got con sixty. It's not a done deal by any means. Mm. You'd have to push it mm. by like consuming it off the ground. <laughs> Get on your knees and slurp. And just like just well, could, wiping it in your mouth. Could I? Could I do that? Or could I do the? Could I do the thing where it's obvious this isn't going to stay down? And so what I do is I basically throw up in my mouth and swallow that. Um, do you know what I mean? So if I fail the roll, I'm just going to puke. Uh, sure. Yeah, go for it. Oh god, this episode has all the emotions, you guys. It's gonna be interesting. It really does. It I needs, was impressed. It needs a dose of disgust. With Hasina mm -hmm. holding onto Dinesh for a prolonged hug, knowing how he smells. <laughs> <laughs> Just holding. I imagine her holding oh. onto her nose, like really <laughs> politely. She held her breath. <laughs> yeah. Hey, he's used the perfume. Definitely. The push roll is a thirty-one, so I have uh, I've, I was yes. one off of a hard success. Thank God. Okay, yes. you know I you throw up in your down. mouth a little bit, but you manage to like it doesn't make a big difference because it's all tastes like vomit. So so incredibly mm, poignant yeah. hug in the foreground. Like, Eudora looking tearfully on, and then just a tall ass Timur throwing up in his own mouth in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> 
And I imagine when a Pisacha does the snot bubble cry, it's really snotty. So she's probably, yeah. Christina's probably oh, covered definitely. in Pisacha snot now. This is uh, <laughs> We're all yeah, just coated in pleasant, various fluids. But, you know, appropriate. <laughs> you have managed to consume the five nectars successfully. Nice work. And you are ready to receive the goddess. Uh, would you like me to continue to read? He has anything yes. to forget that flavor, I think. Okay. Fourth, let the sacred bell be rung to liberate the sound of emptiness, while the chosen to lead the sacrifice proclaims the mantra that will draw down the goddess. Let those who are supporting also send their voices to the void. With eyes half closed, the supplicant should build the image of what is to come in their mind, willing it into being with each breath and thought. Well, I don't know about the rest of you, but uh, I still have what happened last time firmly in my mind. I think imagining it was was easier last time before we'd actually done it. But I think I remember the chance all right. And uh, Eudora's going to go to the box and grab the bell, I guess, unless anyone else wants it. No. Timor's going to fetch the cat Vanga and um, hold out his hand for Hasina's. And Hasina will take his hand. She will also draw the blade of the Dakini from where she's been carrying it at her waist and put it on the ground for whoever it is to take up. Do you ring the bell? I do it. Is it a one-time, like... Continuously. Okay, ding-dong. No gaps. <laughs> So you just have to keep ringing the bell throughout the ritual. doesn't matter how, as long as it doesn't stop. Okay. You say that as if something is going to prevent me from this apparently simple <laughs> act. Just keep, don't let your repetitive strain injury get you. I do have don't a bit of writer's cramp, so I guess I start with my left hand and I'm, I'm ready to swap <laughs> should the need arise. The bell's tone is oddly hushed yet penetrating, bolstered by resonances from its lips that lie just beyond the range of human hearing. And now it's time for one of you to pick up the Dakinese blade, the Katari, and take on the role of the goddess and the one to sacrifice the willing participant. Dinesh looks at Timor and the blade It is okay. I can do it if it's going to be too hard. You think of her as your sister, yes? Yes. Then I will do it. Thank you, Timur. <sighs> Does not seem like the right word somehow. I know, but what better word is there? Thank you for everything, all of you. I'll see you in the next life, sister. Yes. And she will kiss Dinesh on his forehead and then stand on tiptoes to do the same to Timor and then go over to Eudora and the same there. Eudora is going to give you a kind of one-armed hug while she <laughs> frantically continues ringing the bell, which apparently is very important. Um, and you get a 
a tear-stained kiss on your forehead. You start chanting and you start visualizing what is going to come next. This takes some time. As the ritual progresses, so do the evil influences outside. Even the Holy Valley begins to suffer from Agatha's malign influence. Earth tremors unleash huge rock falls which tumble down the surrounding mountainsides, crashing boulders into the lake and sending massive waves to break against the heart of the world. A rain of fiery hail starts to fall, setting fire to the vegetation around the lake and eventually to the edges of the island itself. Alarmingly, the lake's surface level begins to rise as well, as even more boulders are thrown down into its seething waters, threatening to inundate the island at any moment. You are certain that the King of Fear is not happy with your ceremony. Eudora? Yes? Roll me a power roll to see if you can still ring the bell. Oh, great All the heavens. terrible things that have happened. Oh, thank God. I thought that was a 90. It is, in fact, a 60, and my power is 65. Phew. I ring that bell. Thank God. Ding dong. You... Ding dong, King of Fear, you hear me? You put aside any intrusive thoughts of what might be happening to Don Quixote right now. <laughs> no. And maintain no. your concentration in the face of the geological mayhem occurring all around you. Oh, there's too many horrors. The, the invocation takes at least one hour of repeating the same phrase over and over again while everything around you starts collapsing. In that case, if it's going to take an hour for the, for the chant and Timor can't stop, what he will do um, is he will um, he'll point to his eyes, his own eyes, and he'll point to Dinesh, and he'll sort of point to the the area around. Like basically, nothing gets into this triangle. Do you understand? Yeah, Dinesh will nod and squat into a quadrupedal stance and begin scanning the perimeter like an attack dog. Dinesh is truly the goodest boy. The violence all around you increases, and you can almost sense the fury of the King of Fear within your core. In the distance, you swear you can see the outline of a levitating human, but thankfully, they seem unable to approach. Around them and closer to you are large, swiveling balls of flame, which now appear to move in organized fashion attacking the ground around you, trying to get near you, and getting near the monastery itself. Like shooting stars in clusters that make the ambient temperature around you rise to a sweltering degree. And then the time comes. It's now or never. Timor, I'd like a hard power roll from you. And you can have a bonus die for Eudora ringing that bell so good. Ringing that bell so good. Okay, I've got 67 power, because uh, somebody lost three power permanently in a previous ritual. So... <laughs> we need a hard success. A hard success, so that's 33. And I have just rolled a 20 on the money. 
Yes. Yeah. Nice. Not for the bonus die because it was an eighty on the money otherwise. <laughs> Amazing. And now it's the time for step five. As you feel the power in you, you know that you now are able to control the gate when the time comes. You have actually learned um, a close gate spell if you want to add it to your character. <laughs> oh, I totally will add it to my character sheet just because you know I'd like to keep this as a as a as a thing for for future stuff. Close gates. Close gates, left, right, and center. Might come in handy. I just, um, I'm asking this after Timur's done his power roll because of reasons, but I just wanted to check. Since we're surrounded by, um, there's three ritual fires, and then whatever fireballs have rained down and ignited the vegetation and such, how's Timur holding up with his whole uh, attraction towards bright lights? <laughs> uh, specifically, the healing bright light. I, I recall aggressive. you were keen on the campfire at one point, but maybe you've seen That's enough true. fires since you were bored of them. I'm gonna say that this is evil lights. They don't mm -hmm. feel the same. Ah, okay. I'm repulsed by these lights. They are nowhere near good enough for me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's the good stuff or nothing. The warmth of a campfire probably feels quite healing when you're, you know, in a frigid environment. But this would just feel like pure, you know. Invasive. Raining fury. <laughs> if I make it back to Peking, Timur's just going to spend all of his time staring in the fridge, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh god, that's quite a. I mean, save it for the epilogue. But like, what an amazing uh, scene to sort of to dim eat. the lights on. Stares at the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to have the biggest electricity bill. <laughs> I have not yet heard of this climate change. <laughs> well, thank goodness this uh, campaign is taking place in the 20s because he'd be bankrupt in no time in 2022. Mm. <laughs> Too topical. Okay, so I'm guessing that Timur's pretty much having to sort of shout this over the, the noises of the storm and, the, and the, the flaming hailstones. Fifth, when the mantra ends, let the Ganta's voice ring on until the business is done. And he'll give Eudora a little nod. Once and for all, the one chosen by the goddess to be her avatar must lead the sacrifice to the center of the keel core and lay him on his back, with his head towards the east. The sacrifice must be willing. His gift will be of no use if he does not gladly offer himself up in the full knowledge that his death is assured. The chosen one must draw the five sacred seed syllables, Om, Hri, Hum, Drang, and Ah. Onto the offering's crown, his tongue, his heart, his secret place, and the soles of his feet with mustard paste, so that his spirit will reincarnate in the realm of the gods in recognition of the purity of his selfless act. Asina is going to unwind her sari and let it fall to the floor and she'll step out of it. So she's just wearing her petticoat and her cholly, which is like a short, tight top, which conveniently leaves the midriff exposed, so that will be easy for the disemboweling. <laughs> Don't need to cut through anything. Oh, these modern clothes come with a disemboweling window, how helpful. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Timur will um, sort of fold your sari up relatively neatly and um, lift up your head from the ground and place it under your head, like a little pillow. Oh, that's sweet. 
and uh, he will say, uh, I'm going to have to, um, you know. I know. Death is the only bridegroom I was ever meant for. It's all right. Okay. And I'll pull out the mustard paste and start drawing the five sacred seed syllables. All right. Roll me a, an art and craft order dexterity roll. I mean, I, I could try and use art and craft acting, but I think I'll use dexterity. <laughs> I recommend that. Okay. Act like you know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lovely. That's a 27, which uh, is not quite an extreme success, but it's close-ish. You have no problem inscribing with mustard paste, almost as if you've done it many times in your past. We're doing um. <laughs> worryingly well with dice rolls tonight, and I don't trust this at all. Well... <laughs> if we make it out tonight with any luck left, then uh, I'll be impressed, to be honest. I think there's going to be some big luck spends at some point. Yeah, let's, uh, let's not count our uh, eldritch chickens just yet. <laughs> okay. Sixth. Taking the blade of the Dakinis, the Avatar must then slash open the sacrifice's belly and pull out his entrails, which they and their companions should use to bind him in a kneeling position, face towards the east. After the offering is bound, the petitioners must call the goddess into being, that she might deliver the death blow and be assuaged. I do not think I can tie her up on my own. I'm sorry. Um... Uh, Dinesh? Yes. Uh, I'm here. I'll, I'll help. Okay. And out comes the blade of the Dakinis. I am ready. As you push the edge of the knife into Hasina's belly, Hasina Please roll me a power roll to manage to hold your composure and not fight the terrible pain that's being inflicted upon you instinctively. Oh dear. Now Hasina only has power 49, so let's... Let's do this! Come on, dice! Don't let me down! 62. She's failed. Oh god. Can I spend luck? You can spend luck. How much do you have? I've got 36 luck. That's probably a bit better. Oh, a bit better than pushing it. Yeah, because if you fail a push, there's mm. no going back. Presumably the other option is we just... I mean, we just hold you, right? <laughs> yeah, you will need a, a fighting brawl or a medicine roll to hold her down and do it cleanly at the same time. Yeah. Probably best to spend the luck, isn't it? So a bit mm -hmm. less luck you take with you to your next life. Mm -hmm. gonna, gonna, <laughs> you're gonna have to roll it to determine your next reincarnation. Yep. Let's also hope you don't need a group luck later. Let's definitely hope that. <laughs> what do we think? Shall, shall I spend the luck or shall I, shall I push it? Yeah. Spend that luck. I mean, I th did yeah. you say your luck was 39? Uh, 36, and my power is 49. So, yeah, that's that. That's still not terrible. We've still got a little bit of luck. 
I, I think our, lock, our group luck has only gone down by like two points from where it currently is. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fine. Mm. Yep, I shall do yeah. that. Okay. Dinesh will hold Hasina's hand and let her squeeze it tightly as she's being cut open. And we'll just try and keep her gaze on his. There are slow tears leaking from Hasina's eyes, but she tries very hard to not make a sound. Roll me constitution, please, Hasina. Okay. Luckily, she has 85. That was nine, so that is an extreme success. Oh. Or maybe that's a bad thing, because really, it would be good if she could just pass out. Yeah, you oh. do not pass out through the majority of this process, somehow. Oh dear. Just stay oh away and observe the whole thing. Mm. What well, a thing that's going to sting. This is Hasina's curse that she's lucid through murderous rituals. Yeah. Yeah. This is terrible. Totally is. She's too tough for her own good. You slice through her belly release her entrails and start wrapping them through your fingers and trying to bind them in there um, as, as they slip around and feel warm, almost hot in your hands. Please roll me sanity as you do that. Everyone? Everyone involved, people? I think. Yeah. Including me? Um, yeah, why not? <laughs> Since why you're not? awake for it. Oh Does Eudora <laughs> get a free pass? She's still witnessing this. Uh, it says uh, everyone involved in this. Wow, I like that. I passed out. my sanity. 43 against yeah, I... 50. Goddamn. Mm. I rolled an extreme success and I have the lowest sanity in the party. <laughs> you finding this a bit delicious and you're just trying to keep it, <laughs> keep it under wraps. Yeah. He's thinking, mmm, sausages. <laughs> Can't wait till she actually dies so I can eat her. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no She's juicy. Her heart, though, but... Oh, that's uh, nice. What about Timo? Okay, my sanity is 50. <laughs> that, that is not a 50. Uh, that is an 81. Um, oh, ooh, no. so whoever passed loses one anyway, and uh, for Timor, that's a 1d4. 1d4. And everyone okay. keep uh, uh, an eye on your indefinite point. Yeah, okay. Come on. Okay, that's only a one anyway. Okay. Oh, good. Okay. That could have been a lot worse. Yeah. He's probably got his battle experience coming up in his head, I would think. He's seen disemboweled corpses before, I would imagine. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I don't think he's necessarily done the disemboweling. So, like, hands covered in gore, uh, Timur sort of picks the paper back up, sort of hands shaking. Seventh. Now the Avatar must assume the mantle of the goddess and seizing the victim by his hair, slice off his head with one clean stroke. All should now see the indestructible drop, no more than the size of a mustard seed, red below, white above. The sacrifice's most precious gift, rise from his severed throat and float free. The goddess's avatar cannot make use of its power yet, though, for first there must be a feast. And then the final step. The goddess incarnate must now toss the victim's head to one side, 
but still within the bounds of the keel core, or else the ritual will fail. Leaving the body where it lies for the animals, demons and hungry spirits to feast upon like vultures at a sky burial. So that by his final gift, the five poisons of desire, anger, ignorance, pride and jealousy held within his blood, bone, flesh and organs may be purified. Sanctified, the goddess in her avatar may now approach the indestructible drop, whose power is the key to close the gate and seal the breach. <sighs> and um, Timur will pick up the knife and gather Hasina's hair in his hand. And she will try and tilt her head back to offer her throat for the blade. Before you do that, you can see that Hasina is still awake is on the floor writhing and suffering a slow and painful inevitable death as you make the final cut one clean slice of her head everyone witnessing this make another sanity roll i'm assuming i count as a witness oh gosh oh yeah you, you, unless you're closing your eyes, in which case, uh, I don't you got see. me. <laughs> oh god, I failed again. Eudora got a four, Ugh. so her eyes are definitely closed. I failed. Uh, okay, Timor, roll me 1d10. 1d10. roll me 1d6. Oh, and Eudora no. lose one, because you're not looking clearly. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> that, that's a four. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one step away from indefinite. Oh god. I rolled a four as well. I'm two steps away from indefinite. Look at you. You're doing too well. I'm gonna roll sand. You're dead. Just in case. <laughs> to see how insane I die. Oh wow, I passed that as a twenty-six. Oh, of course it did. How surprising. <laughs> You're going oh, to show off. Die. This is like sane and lucid. This is like a sanity roll for like losing a friend. So you're like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm taking me with me. <laughs> um. I think as he goes, as he slices, Timur will sort of he'll lean down and he'll put his mouth very close to Hasina's ear, and he will say, "I am so sorry. I am so very, very sorry." And then, Hasina's head is cut from her body and falls down into the kill core. You'll see a tiny red and white sphere, smaller and dimmer than Tenzin's, but undeniably the victim's indestructible drop, rise up from the bloody neck wound and hang in the air. Is there anything that seems to be approaching to feast? A flock of vultures appears out of nowhere and descends on the ritual triangle. It starts to tear Hasina's body to pieces. Well, Eudora shrieks instinctively, uh, but keeps ringing the bell. <laughs> the the ritual did mention something about a, a feast. Is this supposed to happen? Because this was where things yeah. went sideways last time. No, this is right. The, so, yeah, we need to leave the body where it lies for animals, demons, and hungry spirits to feast upon like vultures at a sky burial, uh, and then sanctified the goddess in her avatar may now approach the indestructible drop. 
The vultures insatiably gulp down great chunks of Asina's flesh and bone until there is nothing left. When they step back, the drop is still there. Okay. I'll look at Dinesh and I'll look at Eudora and I'll look up to the sky and I'll whisper some names under my breath. I'll whisper for Jan Yu, for Sophian, for Frederick, and for Mania and Shen Chu. And I'll grab the floating drop. It's time for you to roll an opposed power roll against the gate you're trying to close. <laughs> oh, no. Two more versus King of Fear. It's time for you to personally arm wrestle the big bad of the campaign. You can have oh, a bonus dive for you were present at the previous ritual. Okay. Is this is seriously the campaign going to come down to a dice roll? Oh my word. Okay, that is a 12, which is an extreme success yes! by one point. Yes! Oh yes! Yes, Shemur! Come on, Shemur! You gain control of its arcane energies and can close it whenever you wish. The conditions around you are progressively worsening. What do you do? I, uh, I stare into the abyss and I say, take yourself back to wherever you came from, you son of a bitch. I close the gate. Yeah. As soon as Timor closes the gate, you all hear an ear-piercing scream of rage that cuts off abruptly. Overhead, the diseased clouds rapidly roll back on themselves. A heavy silence descends for a moment before a clap of thunder heralds the arrival of a perfectly natural downpour of heavy rain which quickly washes away all traces of the ritual triangle in Hasina's blood. The rain stops as quickly as it began, and the sun emerges from behind the clouds. A delicate, peachy light surrounds you. Where you stand, you find that once again, before you, stand the Lords of Shambhala. Everyone lose one sanity and five magic points. I have just gone indefinitely insane. <laughs> that is great timing. Brilliant. Um, so anyway, I attack the Lords of Shambhala. <laughs> yeah. Well, you you crave that light, <laughs> Timor. Yes. yes. But you are surrounded by the light. For a moment, you think you're dead and in heaven but it's a peaceful kind of death where you have fulfilled your goal okay thank you for your sacrifice you each have a place here in beautiful shambhala forever or until your wounds mental and physical have fully healed you've successfully completed the children of fear and saved the world Everyone gained oh 1d20 sanity for closing the gates of Agatha successfully. God damn. Oh, I don't even have one of those out. <laughs> what game are we playing again? <laughs> oh, snap! That is a 19. 
Nice. Getting 19 <laughs> sanity. Oh, I got 17. Getting 17 sanity. Impressive. Guys, I'm coming out of this with 84 sanity. <laughs> you're more sane <laughs> than at the start, aren't you? Yeah, I feel great. But your luck. <laughs> Everything suddenly makes sense to you. I rolled eight. Oh, <laughs> Still pretty good. I'm back to where I was at the start of the ritual. Still pretty good. And over in the afterlife, <laughs> yeah, Hasina has just passed. You can also get another 1d2 for unmasking the poisoner at the monastery successfully. Oh, 1d2. Okay. One. <laughs> <laughs> One as well. Well done. A also won. Yay. It's the small victories. Mm -hmm. We're at the end of this campaign. <sighs> And now, I feel like all that's left to say is a little epilogue for the surviving characters. Possibly also Hasina in Shambhala. Okay. <laughs> Who knows? Um, so, would anyone like to tell us what they do after? You have the option to spend some time in Shambhala at the end of the ritual. Casino mm. might be there. And That's everyone what I was gonna say. you've lost. And while you're there, time doesn't pass. But eventually, you have to return home. I'd hope. Or you don't. You can stay there. Um, who would like to tell us a bit more about what they do? I can probably go since I'm the newest character. Um, I think Dinesh stays in Shambhala forever, in complete happiness, knowing that the world has been saved and that his ghoul family are okay. He... Uh, yeah, he has kind of felt like he's been a bit of an outcast in both worlds, but, you know, his a loving family but having such happiness in this place and realizing that he doesn't have to leave he will just remain here forever in complete peace Hasina did ask you to go back and you promised but maybe she's there oh, to God tell you off there was a bit of a deathbed <laughs> promise there god damn it you're right I can't deny that okay she'd stays understand there for like it's alright she'd understand he's I mean, he can literally ask, right? Hopefully. <laughs> and and actually, can he ask the lords, or is can you observe the mortal realm from Shambhala to find out if indeed their brother and sister ghouls are okay? Doesn't seem like it. Oh no. Mm. Oh god, damn it! All right, he'll stay there for like a month. And then <laughs> after lapping up beautiful Shambhala, he'll slowly return, crawling back down to his hole, ringing his leper bell until he gets back to the temple and lives out the rest of his days underground, slowly becoming more and more mad and turning into a ravenous ghoul. Oh, that is so not... Sad. That is oh, sad. God. Why would you it's do okay. that? He, he could have stayed in Shambhala. He <laughs> would understand. Aww. That's, that's really great. I mean, the other ghouls there are quite nice. So <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure he needs to be the bad guy. Well, no, no, he, well, he, no, he has some humanity. 
but he uh, would slowly lose that and kind of become lose most of the memory of his uh, human or most of the sort of human instincts he would have would be replaced fully with ghoul instincts and yeah he'd just live out the rest of his days uh, a servant of Sitla Devi and her children down in the tunnels after the king of fear has been defeated life at the tunnels is much more peaceful all the converts of Sisirama are gone one way or another and the ghouls there coexist peacefully with the priestesses at the monastery perhaps every once in a while there are celebrations where they all meet together to celebrate the defeat of the followers of Sisirama and reinstating peace in the tunnels. The tunnels still remain as a place of haven for newly formed or newly found ghouls. And who knows, maybe every once in a while when Dinesh feels like he's losing his humanity and has no reason to live anymore, Kumarimad takes a moment with him to remind him of what has happened. Perhaps they have a a story they tell of the heroes who came, took the mystical artifacts and saved the world. I can imagine him sort of rising up the ranks and becoming an advisor to Chowdhury, maybe even her successor, eventually. It's going to have to be a keeper of that bell, right? They definitely reward him of some sort, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Who's next? Um, I, I'm happy to go, I guess. <laughs> Timur will be very keen to go to Shambhala um, for a chance to sort of heal and pull himself together, and partly because he wants to see the people that he's left behind, if possible. Um, you know, he wants to see Sofian and Tenzin, um, and especially Shen Chu, maybe even Frederick a little bit. <laughs> and uh, if they are genuinely there, uh, and Hasina is there as well, then he will spend as much time with them as he can. Um, and he will especially spend time with Shen. And uh, he will ask her if... Um, if she minds if he tells her of his of her sister and he'll tell her everything that he can about Manya, what she looks like what she enjoys and um, he promises to tell Manya everything that he can of Shen Chi and then when the time comes he'll return to Peking and I think pretty much the, the sort of the light will fade on the scene as he walks in through the front door of his janitor's uh, apartment at the university and um, says to his wife, there is something I must tell you. And that will be his fade to black, I think. Whoosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I imagine that all the people you've left behind will be waiting for you in Shambhala. But also, while you're there, after you leave, they're probably 
some of them might decide that it's their time to be reincarnated and go back and have another another go. So some of them might be there, some of them might have left, and some of them might leave, start anew. What about you, Dora? Similarly, I think it would be very difficult to say goodbye to um, our lost companions. So, I mean, seeing Hasina so soon after we killed her would be a massive relief. Um, and Sofian, and God, there's a lot of apologies for the bear and for taking the guns away. And just, I'm really sorry. <laughs> there's a lot of guilt to be worked through. We're never going to get over that, are we? None of us. No, and and Eudora survived in the tunnels when Frederick died as well. So it's just there's a lot, but I'm guessing that in paradise, it's it's easier than anywhere else to to get over these things. Water under the bridge, right? Um, and there's Shenshu, and I think she'll like she'll recognise that. Um, really, Shenshu ended up being um, you know Timur's daughter primarily, but she'll still want to to spend some time with her, and so she'll probably sort of. Um, I don't know, sit and do whatever the Shambhalan equivalent of, of crochet is while uh, he's, he's telling her all about her sister back in Peking. Um, and honestly, she'd probably travel back with him. They're both heading to the same place, so unless Timur objects. Um, I mean, that was my main task, right? Keep Eudora alive. <laughs> that's true, and you're not... That's literally my job. Not quite done. You can hold his hand while he uh, tells his wife and daughter everything. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't be awkward. Would, would you like some company for that, or is this a sort of, no, I must no. do it alone? <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, don't mind me, I'm just uh, moral support. I mean, a, li a little pep talk and a rub on the shoulder before I go in would be good, but beyond that... Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. We can imagine that sort of just down the road, um, Eudora's giving him, uh, yeah, a real sort of, you know, stiff upper lip. You're, you know, remember what Hasina said? You're the bravest man she ever knew, and or that I've known, and you can do this. And I will see you for tea and crumpets tomorrow, and you can tell me all about it. And she'll send him off towards whatever the rest of his life looks like. Um, and then she is going to go and surprise Charles, because I, I don't know that she would have telegrammed ahead to tell him exactly when she's arriving. My headcanon of Charles yeah. is that when you arrive home, oh, please know what? no one is there, but there is a mysterious <laughs> letter from him that there's something really important that has come up. <gasps> and... Uh, he doesn't know when he'll be back, but trust him. Uh, this this is oh. he's he's found out some unimaginable things, and he'll tell her all about it when he goes back. That's amazing. <laughs> he's on an investigating <laughs> a scenario by himself. <laughs> I like that. A this lot. needs to happen. Okay, we'll go with that as the as the actual canon. I, what I was going to do <laughs> was I was going to have like a. Um, you know, like a, a surprise on the doorstep moment, and she was gonna, you know, like through a tearful smile, gingerly reach up and and pull off her straw hat, and let her now silver shock of hair like tumble around her she shoulders. Very yeah, um, and she's got all lightning bolt scars, just just some of them visible, I guess, around the neck and face, maybe. Um, and she was gonna just sort of like tumble into his arms and, and say, I have so much to tell you. And then probably uh, in the future, she was 
are going to um, try and foster some kids or maybe start getting involved with like a local youth organization or something. Because I think having spent so much time around Shenchu and elevating um, the local youth and particularly Chinese girls through like education and trying to prove their opportunities, that was her big quest before all of this saving the world nonsense came up. So that's the future I foresee for her. But I guess that's going to have to wait. <laughs> right now, she's going to be a good housewife and wait for when Charles inevitably wires her for $1,000 because of medical expenses. But she'll understand. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's the kind of relationship they have. Mm-hmm. And of course, when he's back, she'll be on the next adventure. <laughs> <laughs> and credits roll. <laughs> It's just a pile of mail, actually, because by the like fourth one, oh, we're yeah. both off at once, and the letters are just accumulating. <laughs> you wanna tell us a bit about Hasina's afterlife video? Yeah, so I think Hasina stays in Shambhala for quite some time, and as we established earlier, when they went to well, when Hasina went to the bad Shambhala time seems to work quite differently there. So in real life, it's probably about 20 years, I would say. That's probably several centuries in Shambhala time, I would imagine. And the place in Shambhala where she lives, it looks very much like the beautiful jail, the beautiful palace full of gardens, and there's always music playing. But the catacombs are still there. The hell chambers are still there. And just sometimes she goes down to the hell chambers and there is a man there. And it's Yabali. <laughs> she said hell was waiting for him. And it is. And then in about 20 years time, you said Eudora is working with the local young people and the local youths. I think eventually there's a, a little girl there and she has big, sharp grey eyes which look very, very familiar. I'm going to cry in real I'm life. I'm going to cry too. <laughs> God damn, Lydia, you're killing it this episode. <sighs> <laughs> no, you're all killing it. You're killing me. <laughs> Haha, you see what I did there? I do see. Too soon. <laughs> and we've now reached the end of today's episode. Well, I mean, if no one else is going to do it, I'm going to stand up for the keeper, I think. And, uh... <laughs> yes. oh, yeah. Thank you so much, everyone. Brayden, Noxicals, Hal, Lydia, and of course, our amazing co-editor, Jason. You have all been the best. And a big, massive thank you to our listeners. You're all exceptional. Your listens, comments, and ratings are incredibly helpful. But if you want a way to support us further, please consider joining us over on patreon.com forward slash stars are right, where you get access to episodes a week early. We'll be back shortly to record a special extended edition of Beyond the Madness that will be available for everyone. Sorry, patrons, you still get a lot of good stuff, like all the other behind-the-scenes discussions after every episode, as well as bonus content, exclusive Discord channels, and more. Speaking of Discord, you can find an invite link to our Discord community, as well as all of our social media links on our website at starsaride.com. 
and in the description of this episode. Come join us. Now, farewell, dear listeners, until the stars are right again. Before moving on to this week's Beyond the Madness, I'd like to urge our lovely fans to leave us a review and let us know what you think. Reviews help us reach more people and give us that extra boost of enthusiasm to keep doing what we love. You can find all the places you can review us at starsaright.com forward slash reviews. Thank you.